Hi, this is Rachel Hine and Hannah Langdell, Duke Plastic Surgery Residents on The Resident Review, a Duke Plastic Surgery podcast. This is a lecture series designed to aid in preparation for yearly in-service examinations. Our goal is to take you through high-yield topics along with experts in their respective fields in order to maximize your knowledge and potential scores. Stay tuned after our podcast for a brief message from our sponsors. Today, we'll be continuing our quick hit lecture series on hair transplantation. So interesting. Remember, this is high yield facts taken from the last five to eight years of our in-service questions. So Hannah, why don't you get us started on some hair anatomy? Hair anatomy, okay. Well, the hair follicles are found in the subcutaneous layer and they're primarily composed of keratin protein. The shaft is produced by matrix that is in turn produced by the follicle. And the follicles are indentations of the epidermis located in the sub-Q layer of the scalp. The individual hair is developed from the base of the follicle and progeny displaces below and produces keratin. The outermost layer is called the cuticle and is responsible for anchoring the hair in place. Individual hair follicle consists of the dermal papillae bulb. And then we're sometimes asked about the cycles of hair growth. The antigen phase is the active hair growth phase. Catagen is when the follicular buds are destroyed and the base of the hair is keratinized, and this lasts two to three weeks. The telogen phase is when the follicle is inactive and hair is shed. 10% of hairs at any given time are in the telogen phase. In general, hair loss occurs when the antigen phase shortens and the telogen phase is prolonged. We are commonly tested on that. Good to know. So I would say highlight that. Okay, so there are several different causes of alopecia or balding. The most common one that we see in person and that we are tested on our male pattern alopecia or androgenetic alopecia. This is associated again with a prolonged telogen phase and a shortened antigen phase. The inheritance is the most common cause of hair loss, which we've been tested on X-linked dominant, X-linked dominant. There is increased uh, 5-alpha reductase, which increases testosterone to DHT and in turn causes hair loss. The hair that you see on the balding head is conversion of terminal hair fiber, so larger and pigmented to villus, which is less pigmentation and more difficult to visualize. The medical treatment is twofold. Minoxidil is for first line recommended treatment, increases hair in the diameters of hair, so mild to moderate baldness, but it is not as effective as finasteride or a 5-alpha reductase inhibitor, which inhibits the conversion of testosterone to dihydroxytestosterone or DHT. And this prevents further hair loss and increases the hair counts. Um, there's the Hamilton's grading system for male pattern baldness, but we are not tested on that, so I will not go through that. Female pattern hair loss is adrogenetic alopecia in females. It's a reduction in the hair density over the crown and frontal scalp, so frontal parietal area, which we've been tested on. Um, with a relative sparing and preservation of the frontal hairline. This is typically hyperandrogenic, and you can see patients have menstrual irregularities, acne, or PCOS. And we had a test question about a female that had PCOS. You can treat medically again with minoxidil or finasteride. Antigen effluvium occurs after an insult to the hair follicle that impairs its mitotic activity. So this is associated with chemotherapy. Physical exam will reveal narrow hair shafts, fractured hair shafts at the site of narrowing and growth will restart after the cessation of the insult. You do not want to perform any kind of operative hair transplantation on these patients. Telogen effluvium result is a form of alopecia that results from stress on the body. So childbirth, malnutrition, infection, major surgery, extreme mental stress. 
you can lose 90% of the hair at this time. It is self-limited and hair growth typically occurs. So again, do not perform hair transplantation on these patients, which we've been tested on. Traction alopecia is the alopecia from tight hairstyles. So like ponytails or anything tight that can cause a receding hairline. Alopecia areata is an inflammatory condition thought to result from immune system attacking the hair follicles. And this results in non-scarring hair loss it is a T cell mediated autoimmune condition and you treat this with corticosteroids. So alopecia areata, corticosteroids. Trichotillomania, which we were tested on last year is an impulse control or disorder. So you see this in children that are losing their hair or women that are losing their eyebrows. And this is likely associated with a change in social situation or acute stress. Treatment is referral to a psychiatrist to address the underlying condition. And then the thing that does not go with balding, but we were tested on last year's body dysmorphic disorder. And this is an obsessive compulsive disorder related to the preoccupation with a perceived appearance of flaws for at least one hour a day, repetitive behaviors related to the preoccupation and significant stress. So we had a question where the patient was constantly picking at her eyebrows, which you would initially think trichotillomania, but she was obsessed and preoccupied with the asymmetry of them. So they took that as body dysmorphic disorder. Um, remember that alopecia for medical causes are less likely to respond to surgical hair restoration. So now we have finally gotten to hair transplantation. So for adrogenic alopecia, follicular unit hair transplantation is the gold standard because it preserves the natural architecture of the hair units and gives natural results. This includes one to four terminal hair follicles and the perifollicular plexi. It has better hair growth than single hair micrographs, which break up the follicular unit. So a micrograph includes one to two hairs and micrografting is hair follicles with dermal elements. So two to four hairs with their own associated neurovascular bundles, sebaceous glands, sweat glands, pylorectal muscles, and surrounded by collagen. Micrograph survival is 85% in areas of fibrosis, burn scars, or split thickness skin grafting, and is 95% in unscarred areas and healthy tissues. Uh, again, micrographs are not as good as the follicular unit hair transplants because they break up the follicular unit. Minigrafts include transplant of three to four hairs. Macroscopic hair transplantation is not as common, and this is hair plugs with multiple hair follicles, skin, you know, obviously look unnatural. The occipital scalp is the most appropriate donor site for hair transplantation. And each hair follicle possesses its own individual predetermined lifespan. So the occiput has the longest lifespan. Baldness often occurs at the frontal, parietal, and vertex regions. After hair transplantation, the hair shaft loss is expected after the first month following implantation as the hair follicles enter into the telogen phase. So when they're implanted, the catagen phase occurs first. Then they enter the telogen phase, which lasts for three to four months. So you should advise patients that they should expect almost every hair to fall out. And then finally, the hairs enter the antigen phase and the hair will hopefully grow in thicker with time. <laughs> And in terms of miscellaneous laser and intense pulse dye hair reduction, uh, melanin is the target chromophore, and this absorbs wavelengths of 250 to 1200 nanometers. And this is less effective hair reduction for those with lighter hair. Well, that concludes our talk on hair transplantation, and we'll see you next time. Thank you. We would like to thank Allergan for their continued support of our podcast. 
Allergan Aesthetics is now part of AbbVie, an international leader in many different therapeutic categories. Many of the topics and therapies we discuss on our podcast are provided by Allergan. They continue to be a leader in the fields of breast reconstruction, abdominal wall reconstruction, medical aesthetics, and much more. Additionally, they are dedicated to supporting the education of plastic surgery residents and plastic surgeons across the country.